Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you today. I I wanted to start by talking specifically to you, our online community, about a great change that you will experience next week in the world of online. When you go to log in online, it won't be a pre-recorded message uh, like what you're getting. You may not know that. These are always pre-recorded on the Thursday before you get to them. But what you will experience starting next week will be a live stream, a live stream of our services. So both at 9 and 11, you'll experience a live stream. It will look different. It'll be essentially like you're in the balcony of our church, able to experience all that that is, worship, announcements, all those things will be a part of that. So this is a shift that we have been talking about and putting in place for quite a while. It goes into effect next week. We wanted you to be a part of that. We're excited about that. I think it will be ultimately a better experience for you, uh, a sense of really being a part of Cove Church in a way that maybe isn't quite the same with what we've been doing with the pre-recorded messages. So excited about that. Looking forward to having you join us there uh, next Sunday for that, and it's going to be great. Today, uh, we come back to our series called Summer Playlist. This is the last installment of this series. And today we talk about this invitation to renewal. Uh, There is a song that I would invite you to listen to. It is the final song on our summer playlist. It comes from the British artist Natasha Bedingfield. And it was released in 2004. It was the third hit single on her debut album, becoming the first top 10 hit for her in the United States. The song is called Unwritten. And the song seems to embody the feelings of summer, mainly the hope of a brighter tomorrow. It is a song of possibility that who I am today does not have to define the rest of my life. That God's story in my life continues to be written. And it's a promise that we actually see in our series scripture. I would invite you to read that scripture with me. Right now, big voices right where you are. John 10.10, go. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life. Indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. One of the problems we encounter in living that full life is that places in our hearts, our own hearts, can actually fall into disrepair. And we start to question if it's possible for us to experience that new storyline. The the hurts and disappointments and weaknesses and struggles can make us believe that we're unable to experience real change. And yet God wants us to believe again the words of Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is the renewal that God promises for each of us. And it's not just a one-time renewal. It's to be a a daily renewal, almost a moment-by-moment renewal. See, I I wish renewal in God was just this static thing that once you had it, you never lose it. You just get renewed and you just stay renewed. But the truth is, our renewal 
leaks. <laughs> it's like if you've ever been camping, especially uh, they have new air mattresses that are nice, but the older camping air mattresses, you know, with the pillow you'd blow up and the, the little tubes that would blow up on them. You would start out camping great when you go to bed in your sleeping bag on this beautiful air mattress. Things are terrific. And you go to sleep and you would, by the time you woke up, that thing was flat. And you were just lying on the hard ground, roots and rocks underneath you because in the, the cold of the morning and just the nature of those air mattresses, all the air leaked out. There are seasons in our relationship with God that, that can feel like that. That's just like, man, everything's leaked out. That sense of renewal is leaked out. Now, there are some seasons we feel lifted up by God, and they're great seasons, and it's all blue skies and butterflies, but there's other seasons we, we feel deflated. And it's like the rain seems to follow us, and the gray of winter pulls us towards that cold and rocky ground, that ground of uncertainty. Yet right there is where God wants to meet us. That's where God wants to see us renewed. As Ephesians 5.18 tells us, to be filled with the Spirit. The idea is that, that this is happening regularly, continually. We're being filled, constantly, always being filled with God's Spirit. Why? Because renewal leaks. But here's the good news. God's renewal is continually given because God's renewal is continually required. And if I'm not careful, I can end up losing hope, not because God has failed me, but because I have. See, failure for us seems to be a fixture in life, right? There's nothing perfect in our world. We experience failure all the time. I was, I was thinking this week, um, we, we launched the rest stop ministry in our community, which has been so great. It's a, it's a ministry to first responders, a space on our campus that, that um, first responders can go to in the middle of the night, have a, a safe and secure facility, restrooms and kitchenette and a place to do, do um, their, their work in a, in a safe place. And uh, it's already being used to a great degree. Um, it, it's really, really going terrific. Um, but we were actually, uh, Gordon was actually looking through a few weeks ago to see, uh, we could see in the security footage who came through and, and how it was being used. And he was looking for that stuff. And at one point in, in this footage, he sees, you know, officers come and use, use the rest stop. And that was great. But at one point in the middle of the night, sees a person run through in running shoes and running socks and nothing else. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene, for that experience. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, man, you try to set up a nice place and naked people just run through it. You know, it's just, it's a bummer. And that's just life, right? Life's just never clean. Something always seems to mess it up. And yet the message of Christ to us is to offer a freedom, a beginning, and a renewal to every person. And the question for us, I think, is will we believe that? Well, I really think that's possible. Or instead, will we find ourselves thinking, well, maybe God can renew others, but not me. I'm too broken. I'm too far gone. And if that's you, God wants to offer hope. He wants to offer hope and a new thinking. 
to you. So today we engage how God brings renewal to each of us. And the first thing I point out is this. Our renewal is possible through God's promise. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 15. Let's read this together. Big voices go. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. The message actually reinstates verse 18 in this way. It says, once sins are taken care of for good, there's no longer any need to offer sacrifices for them. Get this, God's promise is that our renewal is fully taken care of. It's part of God's promise. As John records those most profound last words of Jesus on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. This work is done. There's nothing more to be done. My sin and your sin, it is paid for, completely deleted. There is no residue, no hidden ledger. It's this idea that's made clear in Psalm 103, verse 1. As far as the east is from the west... That's how far God has removed our sin from us. That our renewal is that complete in Jesus, that as far as two things can be from each other, like as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God removes sin from us. It's so complete. And I don't think we get that because we're, we're, we don't understand that kind of complete renewal. We, we understand partial renewal. Like I have a whiteboard in my office where we write stuff and do things and you erase it with the eraser or maybe use the spray things. But even after you wipe it off, there's still you still see behind it a little bit of what was written before. And even if you use that spray stuff on there and really wipe it down, if you look closely, you still just see that discoloration a little bit, just the, the evidence, the residue of what was there in the past. It's never totally clean. And at times, I, I think we feel like God's renewal of our lives is like that. Like God's going, yeah, you're forgiven, but there's always going to be a record of what was there. There's always going to be a little residue. You're still not pristine. You get that, right? Yet Jesus offers us not just a pardon, but full justification. Justification meaning just as if I never sinned. It's complete. Which means then, as this passage goes on to say, we can then confidently enter relationship with God. The work is done. That's God's promise. God has done it all. And, and that's not always easy for us to accept. I mean, have you ever been in a battle over who gets the check at a restaurant? One of those check battles. Let me get it. No, let me get it. No, let me get it. No, I'm there first. No, the card's on the table. No, the card's in the machine. I beat you. Well, well, well can we split it, you know? Can, can, can I get the tip? Can I, if I can't do that, can I give you my leftovers? Anything uh, to, to, to help me feel like I'm contributing. If I, if I can't do that, I'll wash your car. Let me, let me shampoo your cat. Let me do something. Because I, I want to... I want to be part of this. I want, to, I want to pay my due. Anything, because I must pay something. That's the idea. 
we're, we're wired to pay, to do our part. Yet God comes to our lives where our sin has added up to this enormous bill, this impossible debt. And what we do is we act the same, right? We say, well, I'll get, I'll get the check, God. I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll just try harder. I'll, I'll just be mostly perfect. Uh, that's what I'll do. Uh, God, let me get the tip. Let me do something. Uh, you, you name it. I, I got to do something. I'll polish halos. I'll, I'll go to Africa. I'll, I'll be nice to strange relatives. I, I will pay something. Let me do something. And God cuts through all of that with this truth. We are called to serve and to sacrifice because of God's heart in us. But our ability to be renewed is because of God's heart for us. We don't earn that. God's calling is first to receive love. And out of that overflow, we then give love. So God says, let me love you. No earning. Just receive. No penance. No splitting the check between my good work and God's work. It's God who has promised this. It's then simply up to me to take God at his word. Because our renewal is possible through God's promise. It's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Our renewal is activated through our faith. Let's continue the passage, Hebrews 10, starting verse 19. Let's read it. Big voices, go. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So what's, what's this referring to? It's making a reference. It's giving us this image of the temple, the Jewish temple. And within that, that temple, there was what was known as the most holy place. Um, it, this was the place that for the Jewish people, that's where God dwelled. And it was a portion of the temple that was separated by this heavy curtain. And, and inside there was a, a table that had special bread on it. There was an altar of incense. There was a big menorah. That's what was in that most holy place. And once a year, the high priest would go into that holy place. And if you can imagine the high priest with their robe and their, their priestly garments, but also when they went in, they wore bells all over them. Because, and, and they had a rope tied to the priest. Because that priest knew that he was going into the presence of God and you don't always walk away from that meeting. It was scary to go behind the curtain because they knew they were flawed. They knew they needed to, to experience the, the, the mercy of God as much as anyone else. And so they would go in with this rope tied to them and bells. So if you heard the bells moving around, oh, the priest is doing good. But if you heard this clang <laughs> and then nothing, and then you pull on the rope, you know that that priest isn't doing so hot. Side note to this. 
Those that have been around Cove Church likely won't think this. But anytime you're tempted to think that pastors are somehow on a higher spiritual plane than those that aren't pastors, <laughs> I'm here to tell you it's just not true. This, this pastoring thing is a calling, but I come to this place every time wearing bells and a rope. Just as flawed as any other person, I speak to you because of God's merit, not mine. And so that's, that's the, the way I address this role. The high priest back then, they knew that. They understood that. The curtain was a reminder of the fact that God is awesome. And it was a place that most stayed away from. They stayed away in fear. And, 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 and that separation reminded them of God's holiness and their lack of holiness. But here's the good news. <laughs> We're told that in Christ's death, that curtain was torn. It was, it was ripped in two. That, that now, because of Jesus, we can go in. That these are to be our steps of faith. As it says, we, we can enter. We can draw near. We can do this. We can do it without fear. And we can do it with faith. The, the way is no longer shut it is open. It is at hand. Jesus is the new and living way through the curtain, allowing us then to approach the throne of God with confidence, to walk towards God, trusting that if God says it's done, then it's done. And the question, I think, is will we believe that? Will we accept that truth? It's like uh, in the world of science, there is what's known as the law of the pendulum. That law says that if you think of a pendulum, a weight on the end of a rope, that a pendulum can never return to a point higher than the point from which it originated. Okay? So there was a student in a speech class that wanted to illustrate this particular point. So they started with just a top that was hanging on a three-foot string, they put it against a chalkboard and let, it started with a mark of where that top started, let it go, it swung, it came back not quite to where the mark was, they marked it again on the chalkboard, swung, came back not to quite where that second mark was, marked it again, did that over and over until it finally just came to rest, hanging vertically, and you could see how the marks just went this way. It never came back farther than where it originated, it was always a little bit less. So after doing so, that student asked the class, do you believe then in the law of the pendulum that you see in front of you here? And the whole class went, yes, we believe in the law of the pendulum. We see it right there. Great. So that student asked the professor to help them. Would you stand with your back against the wall? And they had arranged that there was a bowling ball attached to a chain that was in the rafters. And they were able to get this bowling ball, and with that professor standing with his back against this wall, they were able to put the bowling ball right up against his face, adjust it so the chain was perfectly hanging there, so it started right in front of his face. And then they, they asked the, the folks to move the desks, and they let the bowling ball go. It swung to the other side of the room, and then it swung back 
seemingly increasing in speed, increasing in speed as it got closer and closer to that professor. And before it got to that professor, he dove out of the way. And they watched as that bowling ball came and stopped, just not quite as far as it was when it began, and swung back once again. The student then asked the question once again, does the professor believe in the law of the pendulum? And the resounding answer was no. The fact that something is true does not guarantee that we will act on that truth, that we will believe that truth. God invites us to approach with confidence, yet we don't always respond that way. We, we can let our fallen understanding override God's perfect truth. We believe that God must think like we do, which means God probably is mad at me for this or that, or God doesn't want to hear me ask forgiveness again for the same thing, that I've overstayed my welcome with God, and knowing all that I know about me, how could I possibly approach God with confidence and assurance? No, instead we feel hesitant and uncertain especially if we're asking for forgiveness for the same thing we've asked for before. Yet Jesus was once asked about that very thing. They inquired, how many times do we forgive Jesus? Seven times, is that enough? And he's like, well, how about 70 times seven? That number in that culture literally means a limitless amount. That's the forgiveness we are to offer because that's the forgiveness God offers to us. So the answer to how many times should I forgive, it's simply this. We forgive as many times as it takes. But we don't always feel that. We're not always sure that that's how God is responding to us. We feel limits, right? There's limits to, to how much of that kind of interaction we can have. It's like when you're at the grocery store and you're cruising through and you're shopping and you run into someone you know. And they're in your aisle. It's like, oh, it's great to see you. Oh, out shopping. Hey, great. Oh, good. And you say, say hi to them and they say, okay, bye. We'll see you later. And then you go and you shop into the next aisle and you see them again. And so it's, it's fine, but it, it's a little bit weird. It's like, oh, hey, you're shopping the same stuff. Hey, there we are again. Okay, cool. You know, and, and so it's a little bit shorter that time. Okay, see you later. And then you go to the next aisle, and what happens when you see him again? Now it's starting to get weird. And so you're just like, hey, <laughs> gotcha. And if you run into that fourth aisle and you see them again, it doesn't matter who they are in your life. You will run the other way. You will treat them as though they have like some horrible illness. You, you, no matter what, whether you need everything in that aisle, it doesn't matter. It's just too awkward to see them one more time. There's just a limit there's just a limit. We have limits. And we assume that God then has the same kinds of limits. We, we see here that we have this invitation from God to come back again and again and again. But we must act on that invitation in faith. That if God, if God has invited us to walk into this holy place of relationship, we can do so not based on our ability, but based on God's ability, based on God's law. And as we do so, we will then experience transformation. 
we're told uh, that President Abraham Lincoln had uh, for his son, when he was in his office in the White House, that for his son, uh, his son had a special knock on his door, a special knock that only his son knew. And if President Lincoln heard that knock, no matter who he was meeting with, what was going on, his son could come into the room. He had that kind of access because his son had that access to him. Friend, friends, we are sons and daughters of the king. And sons and daughters walk confidently in their father's love. And that's who God declares you are. Some would call this unconditional love. I think I would call it one conditional love. And our one condition is to accept God's gift in faith. That's the condition. Therefore, because of what Jesus did, we walk forward with a confident faith. Confident not in ourselves, but in Jesus. Because our renewal is activated through our faith. It's the second thing here is the last thing. Our renewal is completed through shared perseverance. Let's finish out the passage. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We can hold on to this hope. Why? Because the one who promised will not let us down. This is the shared perseverance that God doesn't give up on us and hopefully we won't give up on God. Now, that, that, that we would take our words and actually combine them with action. As James wrote, faith without works is dead. The author is telling us that we can actually hang our lives on this hope that we profess because I find it so strange the kinds of things we entrust our lives to that really doesn't make sense that we would fully entrust them, right? I was, I was on a plane the other day, and, um, and I see in the, uh, ahead of me on the other side of, of the plane, I see someone rings their little button to have one of the flight attendants come. And they're at the window seat, and flight attendant comes, and they're pointing out the window with the flight attendant, like, do you see that out the window? And they're, and I'm, and they're, they're like really intent about it. like, yeah, this is a thing. And then I watch the flight attendant go up to the front of the plane and get on the phone thing to talk to the pilot. They're like, this thing's going on, all this. And I'm wondering, what did they see out there? I mean, is it like the wing is gone? Is an engine on fire? I have no idea what this is, but it's kind of a concerning thought. Like, this sounds like they're pretty concerned. They see something. Enough to talk to the pilot about, evidently, and it made me nervous. But I had no option in that moment but to trust that those that know more than I do will take care of this circumstance. And the question for us, for us is this, why don't we trust God like that? For some reason, it's just difficult for us to trust God like that. We want to trust ourselves, we want to trust people, but we don't want to trust God like that. But God is inviting us to move past lip service to life service. To move past singing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, to actually living, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Why can't we do that? I think it's because often 
we allow our lack of resolve to apply to God. That we've let God down, we've let others down, we've let ourselves down so many times. And as true as that is, we must also recognize that God has not done the same to us. That God has never moved, God has never changed, and God has never let us down. So although I may have given up and fallen many times, today is a day that we can choose to get up again. And so we get to walk in the faith of simply showing up. I'm here, God. I'm here. I'm holding to you unswervingly. I'm just saying, okay, God, this is me. This is what you get. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. Trusting that if we would show up in our weakness, that God will show up in strength. And as we do that, we will experience this truth. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. We live in a world that constantly tells us to put our hope in those things that are dying, to do all we can to to just try to stretch our lives out a little longer, maybe even somehow beat death, whether it's cryogenics or superfoods or something. The hope is to live longer and live healthier and live for the now and live for that new experience. We've tried all that stuff and we've come up empty because eventually it all just runs out and the healthiest person still dies. They just look better when they're dead, but they still, they still die. And the, it's just as the angel said to Mary when they went searching for Jesus in the tomb, why do you look for the living among the dead? And so many of us, this is the way we live our lives. We're looking for the living among the dead. Why do we trust in what we know is guaranteed to fail instead of trusting in the one who is guaranteed not to? God is saying today that to experience my renewal, you must simply stay with me, to abide in me. Will you hold on to me? Will you trust your life to me? Will you persevere in that hope? Stay on that path. Because any hope outside of God is a dying hope. Only God offers a living hope. Accepting that invitation, trusting that complete work, holding on to that living hope, that's how we persevere in renewal. Because our renewal is completed through a shared perseverance. I'll wrap up with this. Just the other day, um, the youth ministry was doing a fundraiser at Papa's Pizza, uh, which was great, by the way, and I hope you all got to be a part of that. So we went to the lunch buffet because we had something that evening when it was going on. But, but it was the kind of thing that if you show up there and you present the, the, the piece of paper that the youth created, that a percentage of, of what you buy goes towards the youth. Really, really great idea. So we went for the lunch buffet. And uh, there was four of us, myself, Paula, my nephew, and my son, Isaac. And um, we, we get in our, our plates, and we're about to go to the buffet. And an entire, I think it's a football camp, most likely, not just a football team because of the age range, but it looked like a football camp showed up <laughs> at the restaurant. I mean, we're talking like 50 
people probably from maybe um, middle school to, to seniors in high school and then all of their coaches, okay? And it was the most amazing thing. Before, when we were getting our plates, there was all these pizzas out, you know, oh, just lots of them. And we watched those guys go to that buffet and it was just like whoosh. And it was just gone, like locusts. Like, it was crazy. Like, like there's like a little olive left after they moved through. And you watch like a little freshman, like, sneak up and grab it and take it away. You know, it was, it was just so fast. And we're like, whoa, man, how's this going to work? And, and then, but then two minutes would go by. And out from the kitchen, whoosh, more pizzas would come. And then, again, the football team, whoosh, would go. And some of us would, like, weasel in there to get it. And then, then we get a piece of pizza, and then it'd be gone again. And then two minutes would go by and out it would come. And amazingly, it was incredible. Like, like those guys can eat. It was incredible that eventually they all ate and we all ate and the, the pizzas just kept coming. No matter how much they attacked that place, it just kept coming. They, they didn't beat the system. They eventually left and there was still pizza. It was a miracle to me. But it was also a picture of God's renewal. <laughs> because, because, you know, for us, we're just waiting there and the pizzas would just appear. But if you look back in the kitchen, <laughs> they were working hard back there. They were making pizzas and they were pulling pizzas and they were, they were slicing pizzas and they were delivering pizzas out to the place. They were doing the work so that, that we could experience the renewal. Friends, Jesus has done the work so that you can experience renewal. And you can experience it today. It's made possible through God's promise to you. It's activated through our faith. And it's made complete through our perseverance that we would stay on this path regardless of the wind and rain. That is the renewal that Jesus has made available. The only question then left to answer is this. Will we trust Jesus to do that work in us? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at covechurchpnw. We'll see you next time.